Welcome to the Slayer Sessions with Shannon and Anga. Our mission is to wipe out the fear and discomfort of anxiety. The last time we talked about Ayurveda, we touched upon some mind types some things that really got you fired up that you wanted to explore and share with our listeners. And I thought it might be a good idea to start there today so that we can share some clues to knowing your mind type, meaning the signs and traits of the vata, pitta, and kapha mind that we touched on, um, I guess, in the last couple of interviews. Yeah. Basically, how these different mind types respond to stress and anxiety. What a fascinating subject, which I'm sure we could talk about for the entire interview. So why don't we go ahead and start there? Okay. It's a vast subject, but it's one where it's very easy to give people a a quick grasp of of getting to know their mind better and how to work with their mind better. And what really prompted me to look into this with Ayurveda is how weird it is that we learn to drive a car and we take lessons for months or sometimes years, but we seldom learn how to drive our mind. And to realise that actually the mind is a tool that we can work with and that our intelligence should be driving with. But sometimes when we're suffering with stress and anxiety, we're just caught up in what's happening. And it's kind of like listening to the clunking noises a car makes when you're driving along, but not really knowing what to do about them, how to, how to work with the vehicle. So it's always really uh, fascinating to me that we have an entry point where we can look at why do I respond like this to this situation? How is it that Some people respond by stepping back in a confrontation and others come right forward and and they want to confront as well. Why is it some people feel hot, some people feel cold when the thermometer says 10 degrees? How is it that, you know, there's a given number on the thermometer that's a a measurement of the temperature, but we experience it differently. Mm -hmm. Certainly in our house, we we have uh, thermostat arguments because our experience and our body types are different. So... I'd like to just start with kind of a working example that I noticed when I was watching a television program recently. There's a program called High Street Dreams, where creative individuals are encouraged to try and approach some mentors with uh, ideas of products that they've made, and they want to get them out into the high street. So it's always interesting to me to see people, and I know it is to you too, see people going after their dreams and pursuing creative projects. So I was watching this program with interest. And I noticed that the mentor on the program, although very warm and very supportive, was very discriminating, very sharp. And you can see from her face that she's quite a pitter kind of business lady. And she's working with this beautiful, creative girl who makes silver jewellery, really individual. And everything's happening in her tiny flat in this one room. It's the workshop, it's the showroom, it's everything. (laughs) it's all happening there and and I looked at her and I was thinking this is such a a vata girly this is going to be really interesting how these two women come together and initially there was a real appreciation and rapport between them but it didn't take long before the pitta lady totally lost it with the vata girl because she's got this opportunity to promote her beautiful jewelry and they've set her up in a shopping mall with promotional materials and she's gone off into creative land and there's shoppers walking past her and the pitta woman's practically eating her hair. Why isn't she approaching people? Why isn't she doing this? Why isn't she doing that? And the vata girl's just sitting there looking creative. She's totally gone. 
<laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's just really interesting to know, oh, the girl, this is going to be really cool because you've got these two totally different mind types there. I always wish that more of us knew about that because then we can understand, okay, she's got fried with me because of this, because when the, the Vata creative girl got blasted, she was distraught. She was just quaking in her boots and thinking, oh, she doesn't understand what was expected of her at all. And the pitta lady is totally frustrated because the creative person hasn't been directional enough. So it's mm -hmm. just interesting to me to see that, you know, to understand ourselves more because neither of them knew their mental types either and therefore they didn't know how to reach out to each other and kind of bridge the gap and see what the other one's expectations would be. So it's just really interesting to me that we have these different mindsets that respond differently to different situations. They they have different ideas of business, of communication, of exchanges in relationships, of everything. We've yeah. got these different mindsets. And many of us are just cruising along with it happening, but we don't know why we respond to this. I mean, how can you walk through life not knowing what drives you? You know, that's, that's a really good question. And your story made me think about experiences in my life before starting my own business and, and moving forward on my path, that the prior path, we were in a, in a television station in a broadcast facility, and we had a sales team and we had a creative team. And in order for the sales team to make money for the, for the television station, um, they needed to sell creative commercials. Well, the personality types <laughs> are so different between yeah. a salesperson, a sales type, and a creative type. And over the years, it was one of my goals to really bridge the relationship between the two departments so that they would understand each other a little bit better so that they could work together in harmony. And the client would end up with a beautiful commercial placed in the right programs and have this great experience because the sales force and the creative team understood each other's language. Mm. And that took some time, but it was a, a very important focused learning experience between me and the other department head, the creative services person, where we sat down and realized this was an issue. And how do creative people want to be talked to? How do salespeople want to be talked to? You know, so we interviewed and talked and learned and shared. And anyway, we came up with some pretty good ideas. It wasn't a fail-safe scenario, but what it was, was a much cleaner languaging, a much easier way to share time with each other to get to the common goal. And uh, so I thought that was a, an interesting story to share as well as, yeah. as the program that you, that you witnessed. Yeah, it's really interesting because otherwise we end up becoming unnecessarily frustrated with each other when we could actually achieve greater understanding. You know, the interesting thing too, that as we talk about personality types and mind types, I remember a time in my life where I was so pitta without knowing that when I would share time with a vata person, I would scare the hell out of them. Yeah. Just frighten them completely. Yeah. And with, without any idea that I was. Yeah. Pizza can be scary. You know, I've been told I can be scary. I absolutely categorically refuse to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing is knowing you, I know that that's not true. 
And anybody that knows me knows that that's not true. But there is a part of me that when out of balance can be more sharp yeah. than, than I normally would be at the same time being in a position of leadership and needing to make quick decisions and, and make things happen and bottom line results and on and on and on, you tend to become much more quick-witted. It, you know, things are moving very rapidly, which leads to another part of, of an imbalance, in, in, in my opinion, um, is where my impatience comes from. Definitely. So when I am out of balance, how do I know? Because I'm more impatient than normal. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm much sharper. I'm not, as, I'm not as understanding and kind. You know, it's the time when I need to go and sit in my chair and breathe and realize, wait a minute, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love for you to share some tips for balancing mind types. That's okay. fascinating to me. Sure. It's a very interesting point you raise out. You know, through developing your own awareness, you can see what's coming and you can learn to adjust. So let's, um, I guess briefly, we're talking about Vata and Pitta and and Kapha with some knowledge, some understanding. So I guess I should share some background for our listeners so that they can begin to understand what kind of mind type they're running. And of course, we're all totally individual. These are just guidelines. They're just tendencies. I mean, we're all mixed up. We we have... um, Many of us have more than one dosha operational. Sometimes the mind can can flip between the doshas a bit. So, you know, when we're doing something really creative, then our vata energy is going to come up. When we're chilling out on the seti and we just want to take a week off and do nothing, then our kapha is going to come up. And when we're focused and directed and we're achieving, then pitta is going to come up. So I think it'd be nice if I just give a quick sketch of the traits of those mind types so people can start to spot themselves Usually it's a huge revelation for people. So we've been talking a lot about Pitta because we're both quite familiar with that dosha. (laughs) So to start there, the positive side of Pitta is it's very uh, courageous. They're paced, they're productive, they have focused energy, their memory is sharp and clear, and they're motivated and they're ambitious. In balance, those things are beautifully productive. They can be extremely good counsellors, coaches, friends, teachers, really good people to know. But the tendency with the doshas is to increase. And as you said, when you're doing a lot of directive work, if you don't watch yourself, you can become irritable. And I also have that same experience and I have to check myself if I'm, you know, overly concentrating and organising stuff. I have to be careful of that. And it's because the pitta mind becomes increasingly sharp. And then we become sharp in our expressions if we're not checking ourselves. So the challenge for pitta when it accumulates is that the negative side of pitta is that it can express aggression and anger and it can burn itself out. Pitta's a hot, fiery dosha. It's a, it's a fiery mind type. So pittas have to be really careful that they don't burn themselves out. And if they do burn themselves out, that's where they begin to suffer from anxiety because that burnout upsets their vata energy, which, as we said before, is the real driver of anxious issues. So there's just a few clues there on pitta types. Pitta's sleep tends to be variable. 
they can suffer from a really wired mind where they're doing stuff all day long and then it's hard for them to settle down to sleep. Their dreams can be quite vivid, quite dynamic. Their mind can be very much on the go. There's just a few clues there about the pitta mind. And conversationally, we can touch on that more as we go. It's just to give an outline so people can start spotting where they sit with this. Mm-hmm. And the vata mind is always active, always moving. Chanchala is the Sanskrit word for moving. Vata is always moving because vata governs our nervous system. It governs all movement and communication within the body. From the blinking of an eye to the birthing of a child, it's all moved by vata. So the vata mind is very keen to express. If somebody's overly talkative, then that means vata's right there, right up in their mind. And it might be that occasionally people are like that, or it might be that you know people that are always very talkative. That means they have high vata in their constitution. Uh, Vata energy tends to come in spurts. They spend it hard and fast. (laughs) Vatas aren't very good at budgeting energy, whether it's monetary energy or physical energy. They get it and they lose it. They spend it. It's gone. So they're encouraged to find balance by resting before they totally wear themselves out. Their dreams are frequent, sometimes disturbed. Sometimes Vata types dream of flying, which is a a clue as to their ethereal, airy nature. Their memory is quick. They have a very quick, creative memory, but they can be scatty or absent-minded. There's a Ayurveda joke about people who vatter about and they're just kind of (laughs) going around in circles looking for the keys or, you know, choosing the right hair comb. It can take ages. And I know for myself, if I'm vata disturbed and I go into a shop, I'll never come out again. I'll just go round and round and completely (laughs) bewildered. So that's a sure sign. When your pitta is up, you go in the shop, you've got a list, you get what you need, you come right out again. So it's kind of interesting how we operate Mm -hmm. according Mm -hmm. to what's happening. Um, The temperament of of the Vata mind and the the Vata type is, it tends to be more nervous. It's changeable. They're, you know, indecisive, as we said, vattering around. It's a a sign of indecision. Their positive emotions are that they're incredibly creative and adaptable. They love change and they can put their mind and their hands to anything really beautifully creative people when they're in balance. Um, The negative emotions that Vata has a tendency to experience are fear, anxiety, self-neglect, and a sense of disconnectedness because they become so in their head doing their thing that they really forget about everything from the neck down. Mm. So when Vata becomes extreme because it feeds into its own creativity, An extreme example of vata is your starving, skinny artist in a loft who's just madly creating, and they're not eating, and they're not sleeping, and they're probably living on marijuana and coffee. That's an extreme example of that creativity that's just going in a a constant loop and a cycle, but where the body's becoming neglected. So that's a a brief overview of vata. Fascinating. Yeah. When I've spoken in workshops on these topics, you see people that oh, and they start to get a sense, oh, okay, you know, that's me, or I do this, or oh, my husband does that. And then also we can understand ourselves better, but the people we're living with too, we can understand how they function a bit better. So it's good. We can be compassionate to Mm -hmm. ourselves and to others. So then finally, just to touch on the the Kapha mind, Kapha people are very loving and very loyal. That's their positive traits, extremely loyal and loving. 
They don't spend their money readily. They tend to accumulate, yet they're generous. They're slow and steady, dependable. Their sleep is heavy and deep and sometimes excessive. They like to sleep. They like to sit. Their sleep is so heavy that their dreams can be infrequent, but when they do dream, it's often romantic or nostalgic, watery dreams, which is a giveaway of Kapha being in action. Their memory is slow and steady. It's described in uh, Ayurveda as being like an elephant, an elephant that never forgets. Their temperament is contented, loyal, again, steady. They have high physical endurance, but they're reluctant to spend their energy. They can do it, but they'd rather not. Which <laughs> hmm. so I find quite entertaining. And the negative side of Kapha is that it can become stuck and lethargic. Um, it can become greedy with food and comforts. And lethargy can really set in with Kapha. So just an overview of some traits of the three mind types. You know, it's interesting as I listen and, and just think about what's happening as, you know, thinking about my family, thinking about my friends or, or myself and, and where I fit in all of this and really understanding how you can be in a different place in a different mind type at a different time, depending on what you're doing with your life and what experiences you're engaging in and adventures you're taking part in or, you know, whatever it is that you're choosing to do, how you can kind of pop through these different types. Mm. And so I, I wonder, you know, if you could speak to that, because I know as we were talking about the different doshas initially, we were talking about how you might have the characteristic, you know, more of a characteristic of uh, one type or another, but certainly there can be a blend of them as well. Definitely. And the seasons can affect them and our life experiences can affect them. If somebody has a shock or a trauma, that can completely understandably change their mindset I actually know of a couple of examples where a person's personality and their likes and dislikes and the way they express themselves or even conduct themselves has completely changed after trauma amazing mm. so yeah it's good for us to be in touch with what's going on if we just get a rough understanding of the traits of the mind and then we can see okay if we want to just chill out or do nothing, if we feel totally lethargic or we're becoming a bit nostalgic and a little bit, not, I don't mean sentimental in a, in a critical way, but sometimes we become overly sentimental. It's good to express our sentiments and our feelings for each other, but if we're becoming overly sentimental and nostalgic and we can't find ourselves ruminating on the past repeatedly and we don't mm. want to do much except eat cookies and drink sweet drinks, then we know that Kaffa's really up there and you know, it's time to balance that out. If we find ourselves becoming sharp, critical, impatient, if we suddenly feel like the rest of the world just talks too slowly and they're driving us mad, then pitters up and we need to calm that down. If we're disturbed by incoming noise and incoming things around us, yet we have an overwhelming desire to give out with our own speech, or we're feeling antsy or nervous or insecure or disconnected, then we need to look to addressing vata. So, you know, the, things change. They do change. We change. The seasons change. The mind is more likely to be blown around and, and changing it in the way it operates to the body. You know, sometimes we have a physical constitution and the mental constitution's quite different. So 
in Ayurveda, there's great flexibility. And rather than just locking us down and saying, I'm 100% pitta, vata or kapha, which in truth is unlikely, it's better to do what you're saying and just have a look at ourselves and think, okay, I'm feeling really irritable, so then I need to cool off. I need to Mm -hmm. slow down. I need to cool off. I need to allow the sharpness to subside because the doshas have a tendency to feed themselves. They have a tendency to to run on and increase. So there's great power and protection and healthy benefit to be found in just pausing and thinking, what's going on here? What's happening? And then we can take steps to adjust and apply some gentle opposites to help our minds balance and calm down. So let's touch on some of those gentle opposites. And we can start with the dosha type and with the understanding of again, what it looks like to be out of balance, and then some simple things that we can do to get to a more balanced and comfortable place. Okay. Pick a dosha, any dosha. <laughs> Let's start with vata. Okay. So vata, as we said, it has a tendency to become nervous, anxious, fearful, self-neglecting. If somebody's creating, creating, and they're not stopping to sleep, feed themselves, then vata's accumulating rapidly and eventually it's going to cause them harm it's got kind of a self-protective fuse and then eventually it will just mean that they will have to collapse and rest but in Ayurveda it's recommended that actually we never spend more than 50% of our energy when financial experts tell you you should have a set aside and never spend all your income Ayurveda says, don't spend all your energy, keep some by. Then if a bug comes along or some stress comes along or something that requires some exertion, you've got something in store. So the caution with vata is don't spend it all. It's hard for them not to, but it's good to know and to keep in mind. When the vata mind is disturbed and it's manifesting anxiety and fear, which it can do in varying degrees from mild anxiety to real awful full-on panic attacks, There are a few simple things you can do to calm it down. Taking time to sit quietly, watching nature flow past you, breathing it in, observing the sunrise, just being in touch with your surroundings to stop that disconnected feeling. It's a very strange thing that can occur, this disassociative thing where you really feel like you're not in your body. I had it once after surgery where I just wasn't in my body properly at all. It was the weirdest thing. It just felt like it was going to fly off somewhere. And it was because I reacted badly to the anaesthetics. And after that, I started having hallucinations and panic attacks in the night, which I'd never, ever had before. And it was from the reaction to sudden surgery and anaesthesia. So not to make this about me, but to give an example for others who may have experienced similar kinds of things and think, why has that happened to me? Why? Did that happen like that? Because it appears out of the blue, but there's usually a reason for it. So the grounding exercises that we provide on Anxiety Slayer are perfect for Vata people and for Vata anxiety because Vata is so ethereal and airy by nature that to do anything grounding, to, you know, literally just stand with your feet in the mud or meditate on mud or go and put your hands in the earth, do some gardening, do something earthy, and in touch with nature around you really helps. To use sounds for calming vata, calming music, chanting, classical music, or even just sitting in peaceful silence is ideal 
replicating Vata via sound. Although it has to be said that when Vata's very disturbed, it's hard for them to sit still and quiet. It's actually painful. So maybe uh, fill your iPod with some sounds of nature and just sit and listen to that. Or again, that's why a lot of my work is in providing guided meditations, because I understand that it's really hard for a disturbed mind to meditate of its own accord. So it benefits from having some direction. Vata also likes touch. Vata people, when they're disturbed, they often need to just be hugged or be held. And there's a reason for that in that they're disturbance is seeking grounding so again as we've mentioned briefly before oil massage is very very good for that just a few examples of some things you can do to try and calm vata down and i'll be putting this up in more detail because there's much much more you can say about this but what a great start this is some really good information that, that i know that i can use when when my vata mind is out of balance for sure it's just fascinating to be able to think about some of the simple things that you can do to bring yourself back to that nice place, to that even place and, and back in balance. Yeah, and when you understand why, it all makes sense. And it doesn't sound, you know, tell somebody who's anxious, take a walk, stand in a river and feel the mud between your toes. They're going to think you're nuts, and rightly so, because we have to really respect their experience. But when you mm-hmm. understand why it works... And because Vata suffers from too much ethereal ungroundedness, then you can see why people are repeatedly writing articles on the internet saying grounding techniques are really effective for mm-hmm. anxiety, and that's why we're providing them. So let's move along to the, the other two dosha types and talk about the tips for balancing. Well, let's move on to kapha. Okay. Now, kapha is the exact opposite of of vata they're completely opposite so when kapha becomes disturbed it tends to retreat and it just wants to sleep or sit and eat and do not much else so this is where ayurveda really gives good individual advice because not one size fits all the kapha person suffering from anxiety and stress they need to move they need to walk vigorously Vata don't need to exercise so much. They need to do things gently and, and save their energy. But Kapha, they need to do something vigorous like hiking, getting out in a really open area and just marching out and taking nature in. They need to break a sweat. They're the least inclined to do so, but the most needful of doing so. And then um, sound. Again, Kapha, they, their mind needs to be awakened in a positive way when they're suffering from stress and anxiety so the sound they listen to is very different from vata they need strong energizing sounds stimulating music a friend of mine recently joined uh, in the uk we have something called rock choir and she joined that recently and she said so many people in the choir are giving testimonials that they're overcoming stress and anxiety just by getting together and you know really singing out together so there's a, there's a clue there but simple enough, but then there's that connectivity with other people and using the voice and singing out strongly. That's very, very helpful for kapha. Kapha, when it comes to touch, they can take stronger, deeper massages, more stimulating massages and using heating oils, whereas vata is very touchy. Vata needs to be handled gently, real gentle. It actually hurts them to, to use strong massage on a vata person. But kapha needs that stronger contact. Just a few clues there of different ways. Oh, yeah. It's so simple. It is. 
And that, I think that's what I am, am enjoying about listening and learning and being mindful of my own behaviors. To, I feel like for me, I've learned just by being more mindful and, and witnessing my own behavior and, and asking myself, what do you need? You know, how do you feel and what do you need? Yeah. And without even knowing that they were tied directly to Ayurveda. <laughs> yeah. Which I which I think is is pretty cool. I, I would imagine a lot of our listeners will have that aha as well. Yeah. And I wonder I gravitate towards you know this particular um activity in order to make myself feel better when I'm in this other place. When we're witnessing, as you've been sharing so beautifully lately, then we're in touch with our body's intelligence and then we can stop and adjust and we can apply gentle balancing routines and simple activities to help us mm-hmm. but when we're out of balance we tend to to increase the doshic disturbance like a pitta person when they're out of balance they'll go for a run and they'll get hot and they'll be you know they want to run a certain amount of miles and that's all part of that competitive ambitious feed of pitta and that doesn't help them they'd be better taking a swim or doing something cooling or more gentle. So it's all about being in touch with what's balancing to us rather than increasing the underlying driving behaviour that's pushing us out of balance. So sometimes our inclination is to not take the right action. But when you stop and reflect in the way you're proposing, then we, we give the intelligence of the body and the mind a chance to come into action and, and guide us wisely. And that all comes from learning to reflect, learning to witness. Mm. So for Pitta, just as much as the Kapha person needs to break a sweat and move and and embrace this, this energy, sing out, as you said, mm-hmm. the Pitta would go in the opposite direction in order to find balance, the, the cooling and gentle and calming. Yeah. Let's talk about more about tips you have for balancing that mind type. Okay. Well, you've already said them. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Pitta needs mm-hmm. to sit in nature, smell the roses. Pitta needs mm. to, you know, slow down and cool down and actually literally smell the roses because rose is very cooling and soothing to the heart. Got beautiful healing properties in that aroma. So, yeah, be by water, walk by a river or a lake or the ocean when you can. And you and I have both talked about that, how when we're really busy in our heads and we're constructing, then we feel the urge to just get out and walk by a river. We have a river near here in a valley, which I love. And in the summer, I just literally go and stand in it. And the relief is incredible to my head when I do that. <laughs> I don't mm. know what it looks like to the passers-by, but it feels too good for me to care. So, yeah, cooling, slow it down and cool it down for Peter. Look at the sky, look at the cooling moon, the stars. Take a step outside your house in the evening and just take the night sky in. Peter really needs to stop and cool off. So sounds, cooling, soft music... Uh, the sound of water, the sound of gentle instruments like flutes, all very soothing to Pitta. Again, their inclination might be to listen to driven, upbeat music because they're driven and upbeat, but gentle opposites are what will help them feel calm. And Mm. uh, massage, cooling, soft massage, and cooling oils like coconut or light oils like sunflower oil for Pitta. Cooling colours, white, blues. Greens, so you know the blues of the sky, the blues of the ocean, the greens of the leaves. All of those things are very calming to the pitter eyes, which are extremely sharp and focused, and always looking at 
computer screens or the Financial Times or, you know, <laughs> detailed information. It's <laughs> gentle opposites. Mm, really great material. And I think that we're on to something here because initially when we talked about coming together today for this interview, we were going to cover even more information and more detail. But I think that we're we're realizing that each area deserves a significant amount of time. And frankly, we can come back and talk about the next steps the next time we do an interview. We mm-hmm. can move from the, the tips for balancing your, your mind type to some more self-study and self-healing and really get into Ayurveda's recommendations for taking inventory of your thoughts and and looking at Ayurveda's advice on association as a key mm-hmm. to mental health and balance. Those things that we meant to to move through today that really deserve to have their own time devoted to you know to each of those components. I agree, and I think it's very uh, healthy to do that actually to dip in in stages and and receive some information and have time to reflect on that, and then come back and touch it again and go a little deeper. Then it becomes very easily digestible for us, and then we can start you know noticing and putting things into practice in our lives. Mm. And I think one of the things that we can uh, recommend right now is just for each of our listeners to just start witnessing their behavior, just start taking notice, Mm -hmm. nothing more than just noticing how you feel during the day, where you're at, um, when you're out of balance, or when you feel the most comfortable, and just to be thinking along those lines so that when we do come back with the self-study and and self-healing and additional advice, it will really resonate in a a new direction and we'll continue to move forward on this learning path. And I just can't express my gratitude enough to you, Ananga, for the teachings that you're sharing. Learning more about Ayurveda is just, I'm just so excited to, (laughs) to be able to really go, oh, that's what that means. That's why that's happening. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's life-changing. It is life-changing. And as I've overused the word today, it really is something that fascinates me and as evidenced by the people who are following Anxiety Slayer, it's uh, apparently a hot button and an issue that people want to know more about. And it's a pleasure to be able to provide more information to them with you. I really, really appreciate you so much and look forward to the next time that we come together to move a little further into this discussion. It's my pleasure to share this information. I'm just here to share what's helped me so much. And uh, I'm really happy that you're facilitating this for us to come together and share this information. And it would be my happiest thing to know that we've reached out to a few people and given them some clues and offered some support. Mm, Right on. Thank you for listening to the Slayer Sessions. If you like what you just heard, please pass along this podcast to a friend. You're welcome to visit our website at anxietyslayer.com for more supportive tools and anxiety release exercises created to slay your anxiety. Thank you.